Sure wish I could say That I was his I hope that Marge knows Just how lucky she is I do Four finger discount, dude Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes and Nobody Gets Any More Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review Colonel Homer. Now, I'm going to say this. I was Sorry, before you do, okay. I was just thinking to myself, we should. I should stop doing that intro because I could just say, I am Mitch once and you can just drop that in for the rest of the podcast we do. I say the same fucking thing every week. Do you, want, just, me, do you want me to switch it up then? No, well, it's it's on me to switch it up. I need to come up with something better next week. Okay. Sorry, that's just my own thing. This is Welcome not- to Four Finger Discount, probably brought to you by blah, 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 blah. I am Dando. Hey, hey, it's Mitch. That didn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> you killed the flow of the show, man. <laughs> this episode, man, I cannot believe that it's taken me 20 years to rewatch it. Haven't you watched it in that long? Do you know, I wrote here, what I loved about doing the re- review for this, I could not remember barely anything. I know the right. overall, I know the story is that she falls in love with Homer and Marge doesn't like it. Yep. That's all I could remember. Okay. And like mid-episode, I wrote in my notes, this is amazing. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to experience this again, watching an old Simpsons episode that I can't remember anything that happens. Yeah, right. I, I remembered more of it, I guess, through the songs. Like, the, the three main songs that she sings kind of give you the, the main backbone of where the storyline heads. Yeah. So, that helped me remember a little bit. Uh, so, for, it was more the finer details that I'd forgotten because it has probably been 10 years for me. I remember just not liking the songs at all when I was a kid. See, my dad... Huge on country music, still right. loves country music. So I think anything associated with country music, I was like, I'm so sick of hearing this country music. Well, like all right-thinking people, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they were they were really good songs, man. Like they were actually they really were, good yeah, songs. They're, they're well-written songs, and they, as you said, continue the storyline. Like yeah. I think why I appreciate them more now is I see how they fit into the episode. Mm. Like they serve the purpose. Yeah, she um knocked up one of those songs in like an hour as well. Both of them in half an hour. Yeah, she's like, I'm I'm gonna write some songs for you. Went, okay, great. And then called an hour later. And played them and they they're great yeah they're amazing is she a musician i thought she was just an actress beverly d'angelo, d'angelo. I yeah i don't know i don't know a lot about d'angelo how great is the character of lolene too really good i did not really like, i would fall in love with her <laughs> mm. she has She's downtrodden she has very bad ulterior motives like she tries to force oh, her to have an affair on his wife about, well, yeah but so you're trying to save a dude said to ash have sex with me, even though he knew she was married to you, you, would, you wouldn't you would care. No, but I mean, with her, it's not so much an ulterior motive of like, I'm going to wreck this guy's marriage. It's that this is the first person that's ever treated her right. So, she can't help the feelings that she has. That's uh, like... But she needs to... She shouldn't act on those feelings. Yes, it's morally yeah. reprehensible to do so. But I don't think she's coming at it from like when you say bad ulterior motives, it, sound, it almost sounds like it's a she calculated... It, yeah. yeah, like it wasn't... It wasn't that. It was just this kind of woman that's never felt happy before is finally yeah. happy. I thought she was written really, really well. Yeah. Like, like, so, yeah, for me, like, I don't look at her and I don't think many, I don't, th- oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think many married women watching this would have hated her as a character watching it. Like, it's, you know, it, I it's done was, really well to end in a natural way. Yeah. Sometimes can happen. I thought she was kind of a smart ass when she says when she first gets introduced to Marge and she's like it charmed rolls it, her eyes a little bit yeah but mm. what I think 
helps this episode so much is the fact that, and I think Mark Kirkland said it as well, anyone can relate to this. If you've been in a long-term relationship, you can really put yourself in situations similar to the last episode with dog owners, with dog of mm. death. When I first watched it, I, when I remember, I'm thinking Homer is a bad person. He, he's thinking of having an affair on Marge. It's not that at all. He had no, no intentions not. of ever having an affair on no, Marge. No, Homer's just... That's what really I remembered as being, that Homer was torn, oh, do I go with her or go with Marge? No, he, he, he is oblivious the entire time. Hmm. Even at the end, this is a subtle part where she leans in when they're in the um, trailer and Homer leans away. Yeah. Just little things like that. Yeah, what, the driving force for Homer is definitely... I mean, he's unhappy with Marge at that particular moment. He's mad about her and he sees Lurleen as being an escape and, you know, just something that's pure joy, but not at all in a sexual sense. And that's what makes Marge's uh, mind wander, the fact that they've had the argument. She thinks, well, Mm. it's over now. And you can understand, even the character of Marge, just the the lines where she said, just even when she delivers, are you having an affair with her? Like, it's not funny. Mm. It's not. It's really serious, but it's just the way she delivers it. It's just so real. Uh, yeah, great I, acting. I love the way they played her kind of paranoia and anxiety. Yeah. She it, wasn't over the top. It was believable. Mm. Yeah, it's exactly how you would feel if you were in her position. Exactly. Yeah. So, a few facts about the episode before we get into the full review. Uh, it was the first and only episode written solely by Matt Groening. Mm. He has writing credits on episodes like Telltale Head, 22 short films about Springfield, but this is the one that is just Matt Groening. About time he did something. <laughs> but he should have done more. I, this episode was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Really, really good. And he, he'd he said that he wanted to write an episode that kind of makes Homer choose between this new life and his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wanted it the, the resolution, obviously, to be that he comes back to his family. It said that he uh, he pitched the idea to the writers of the show who then suggested the parody of The Coal Miner's Daughter, the movie, which yep. is where he got the idea for Beverly D'Angelo from. Yep. Now, he met her at a party at Frank Zappa's house, which I thought was pretty wow. cool. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's really cool. And I looked up The Coal Miner's Daughter on IMDb just to check because yep. I've never seen that film before. Isn't it about Loretta Lynn? Uh, yeah, something. It was an LL, whatever the name Loretta, was. Yeah, Loretta what Lynn. I was more... Oh, she's on Muppets. What I was more excited about is that Tommy Lee Jones is in that film with really? a character named Doolittle. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> first name, Doolittle. His first name? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I presume he's the coal miner. Now, uh, showrunner Mike Reese was very sceptical. I feel like it'd be one of those things, though, where... It's more that he doesn't like the idea based on the... Or sceptical on the idea based on the pitch. I'm sure once he saw the script, it would have been a different story. He, he didn't like the idea of the fact as well that Homer could have a, be working a full-time job as well as working at the plant. He liked when they do ideas like this, which they did in the future. Mm. He loses his job at the plant before he can start another full-time job. How can he be full-time managing... Like, you don't see him working at the plant anymore. Well, he's not full-time managing Lurleen, is he? I, I always just assumed it was a in his own spare bits and pieces Which time. is why he has no time for his family. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's what it just said on Wikipedia anyway. He works all day for some old man <laughs> and then goes to Lurley. So, as I said earlier, Beverly, she met Graining at a party at Frank Zappa's house and was called into audition for Lurleen based on her performance as Patsy Cline in Cold Miner's Daughter. As a general rule in life, if you meet someone at a party at Frank Zappa's house, then it's going to go well. Just <laughs> I thought it was going to go the other way. It's going to go bad except no, for this. No, fortune cookie <laughs> advice. Always try to meet people at Frank Zappa's house. She got the role after completing a singing test, and then she wrote the two songs, as we said, for the episode. She wrote, Your Wife Don't Understand You, which she sings at the beer and, uh, the beer and brawl where Homer meets her, mm-hmm. and she wrote, I Bagged a Homer. Now, she wrote them both in an hour and presented them to Granny at the episode's table read. Okay, cool. And, a, and one last fact, apparently most guests, they used to come in and they would call their lines and they'd get out of there, sign a few autographs, and they're gone. She apparently stuck around for the whole recording process and everything else and was pitching ideas for the episode and whatnot and really embraced really got in- engaged. Well, I guess as an actress, like a proper actress, it's you know they're probably more hands-on with get like as opposed to 
uh, the baseballers who are just coming in in their spare time. Like yep. someone that actually is involved in creative process. Uh that might be one last fact for you. I've actually got, I actually just thought of one on the top of my head that I've whacked enough. Do you tell me this fact? <laughs> All right, then. Did you know that the promo for this actually included footage that did not make it to the final show? No. Ah, it's re- it, it's um it's been dug up on the DVD commentary. Uh, sorry, the DVD bonus features. So it's in the scene where they're recording her song in the studio. Yeah, in the studio. You bag me a home. Bag me a home. Yep. Cuts to Bart and Lisa standing outside of the recording booth. Lisa saying to Bart, I never thought I'd see another woman in dad's life. Bart replying, what are you talking about? There's Sarah Lee, Betty Crocker, Aunt Jemima. Mm. And that, that was in the TV promo. That was in the promo, but didn't make it to the final cut. That's amazing that they, they were able to put that in a commercial that obviously aired the same week as the episode, but didn't make the final cut. Yeah. How strange. Hmm. Maybe they just planned them a long time in advance? Yeah, possibly. Or maybe it was just one of those deleted scenes where like we had to lose it for runtime, but we still like it as a joke. So let's throw it in there. Yeah, I'd be in. Uh, I suppose you wouldn't get annoyed. Like, because- it's a catchy line that if you're watching TV, you're like, oh, "That's fine." It's not like you. Yeah, you're not going to be disappointed. Oh, I can't believe they didn't put in the Betty Crocker joke because. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you got to see it, I guess. Yeah. It was in the TV promo. Now, the fact that I was going to mention was it was very hard to, to design Lurleen because they had a difficult time designing people to look attractive mm. when they're in the Simpsons design because of their. The What's overbite. The overbite, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. So, the original air date was March 26th, 1992. The chalkboard gag was, I will not conduct my own fire drills. And the couch gag was the family... I just wonder, they all like sink into the couch. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, they've got a uh, fold-out type mattress type thing that's yeah. collapsed on them and they've all fallen back into it. It says, <laughs> it says on Wikipedia something like, the family falls backwards and their legs go behind their head. And I'm like, I don't want to... That just sounds weird. Acrobatic style. <laughs> A family of acrobats. Any listeners out there that may have seen Short Bus will be familiar with that position. So, it starts off with the family driving into the Googleplex uh, car park. They can't find a park. People keep stealing them. Homer decides to squeeze into a compact park. Notice, by the way, that they had a really different lighting design in this to normal. Like, they had a little dusky kind of sunset hue to the sky. Yeah, had I remember. A, yeah. had a pinkish background. It was just, it was a nice touch. The just sun's as, going down. It's like yeah, 7 it's, o'clock it's at evening. night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the time that you'd be going out to the movies. Yeah, that is it right. would have been so easy to make it nighttime. It yeah. would have been really easy to make it daytime. Easy to draw as well. They just always, you know what? No, it's going to be 5.45. Then Homer's driving into the park. And how are we going on that side? We're getting a lot of sparks on this side, Dad. Easy. Easy. <laughs> <It's just> constant <laughs> sparks. <laughs> All right, everyone out the window. That's what I thought. Because I'm, I'm thinking, well, how are they going to get out of this? Out the window. Yeah. I did like the movie titles. Now, there was a thing here where, similar to how they included a gag in the promo, but didn't mm-hmm. make the final cut. You're not going to ruin my trivia question already, are you? Uh, Son of a bitch. Probably. But do, do you know where I'm going with this then? Well, I assume that I do, but I'm not going to say it. In case you're not. No. Good. Okay. Also, I've got Thank mo- God. I've got three movie titles here. Okay. So, there's... I. Honey, I hit a school bus. Parody of Honey, I blew the kids. Honey, I shot the kids. Mm. Look who's oinking, which Homer yep. wants to go see. Now Bart says Ernest oh, cuts the no, cheese. You have ruined it, you prick. <laughs> Bart says Ernest cuts the cheese when he's looking at the signs, but mm. the movie title on this on the thing says Ernest versus the Pope. Yeah, well, if you have a really close look at that sign, there are but some twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, like there are obviously movies that are off camera and it wouldn't I just think because they're all looking at the one sign Ernest all... Ernest was a very prolific filmmaker so. yeah well, I just thought because they're all reading off the same page because mm. Luke is oinking and Honey Eyed what was it Honey Eyed yeah. the school bus whatever was mm. on that same sheet yeah I thought maybe they isn't had... that an interesting piece of trivia that Bart would say something different to what was on the screen <laughs> why that in- what well my question was going to be 
of the three titles that the characters want to go see, which one was not on the board? Oh, okay. Mm. I just, they obviously recorded that and then thought, that's not very funny. And they thought of something else and then just animated it in. No, I think that it's just that they were both funny. Okay. Ernest yeah. versus the Pope. Maybe they'll, maybe Who they'll, doesn't want to see like, You know what's going to happen in 16 years from now, 15 years from now, these two fuckheads from Geelong in They're Australia... They're going to come to blows. Yeah. <laughs> Over this, let's fuck with them. Anyway, so home. Uh, what, what happens? Uh, so then the family decide that the kids are going to go to see one film and the parents are going to go see another. Bart and Lisa go see the a Space Mutants movie, I'm assuming it is. I love the way they just take the money and flee. Yeah, yeah. Like Marge is going to hand some cash over to them. and It's like a throwback to the Jetsons where yep. um, he pulls a little bit of money out of the wallet. She grabs the wallet yeah. and bails. It's like um, also, is it Married with Children? I oh, know Married with Children is hands out cash, I think, in the intro. I think so. Yeah. So, Marge and Homer go to pick a movie, and Homer's like, let me guess, look who's oinking. Mm. Oh, sold out. Now, that'd obviously be a reference to look who's talking. Yes. Yep. How have they not made look who's oinking? Fucking film about a talking pig? Babe. Voiced, yeah, no, but but like voiced by, I don't know, so look who's talking was like, the first one was Bruce Willis, and then look who's talking two was John Travolta. Let's say it's look who's oinking voiced by... No, 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 John Travolta was in look who's talking, and Bruce Willis was the child. Who voiced the dog in look who's talking too? Oh, well, that may... Oh, are you sure it's not Look Who's Talking Now you're thinking of? No, I'm definitely thinking of Look Who's Talking too. Oh, he may have done the dog. I think. I, I know, but John Travolta was an actual actor in... In the first one. In the first one, and Kirstie Alley was the, the chick. Uh, yes, okay. I've, I've confused those two things. I'm going to quickly look up <laughs> Look Who's Talking too. But in any case, so Bruce... You're thinking, you're thinking of, like, Beethoven. In any case... I'll continue with... While you're looking up that fun fact of trivia... You do that. I'll continue... Much suggests that they go see a more adult film, and Homer's like, "Oh, you kinky thing, you." The Stockholm Affair, thinking yeah. that it's going to be like a little lusty R-rated something or other, and then it turns out to be a political film. Homer's very annoying in the cinema, like the way he eats, the way he drinks. I love that. Oh, yuck! It was Roseanne Barr voicing one of the dogs, and Damon Wayans voicing the other. Who would ever have gone to see "Look Who's Talking <laughs> To"? <laughs> but in any case, I want to say Damon look- Wayans is funny. Uh, well, yeah, but still, the the, the Wayans—they've got a bad r- vibe about them now after. The Wayne's or, brothers have. Yeah, the Wayne's brothers. Oh, his little brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've ruined him. <laughs> Just by association. Major Payne was great, man. <laughs> so, Homer's being very annoying the way he eats, the way he drinks. It's very... Nicola does this every time at the cinema. When it gets to the end of the drink, she has to do the... Oh, sound. I'm like, no. Nicola, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you doing? I hate people that chew loudly. I hate people that try and open packets of chips when Halfway it's the quiet through. part. Yeah, I, what yeah. You, what, shit was just exploding and now you want to open your chips? Yeah, what, man, what that's annoying. But like Maltesers. Maltesers, I feel, are meant to be sucked. And yeah. you let them dissolve and then you can eat them quietly. Yeah. No, but like the Malteser crunch sound. God, I hate it. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard <laughs> for me. More so than fingernails on a chalkboard. I actually think that's a pleasant noise. Yeah. But Maltesers being crunched just... Gets me going at the base of my spine. You know what else is annoying? People thinking that if they open shit slowly, it makes less sound. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're like, just fucking open the chips. Or I won't open the chips the whole way. So that way the opening isn't like, I'm not as noisy opening them. But then you've crumpled the bag every time you put your hand in because you've only left you, left yourself two <laughs> centimeters. It's just like, you know what's like, you know what's annoying is people. Are we still, re- are we still reviewing the Simpsons here? What's Basically, <laughs> when you go to the cinema and there's any more than no other people in there, you're bound to have a shit time. When, when I walk in and there's people there, I'm like, oh, let's go. Fuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not gonna have a good time. I want a refund. <laughs> there's people here. <laughs> so, as we said, Homer's being very annoying. I do love the fact when he says, "Oh, this movie's too complicated." Hey, the floor is sticky. 
Who's that guy? What did that guy say when I said, who's that guy? <laughs> Reminds me of my dad. We're watching Star Wars Force Awakens right for the first time. My dad never seen it. My mum was just sitting there. She was enjoying it. And dad was enjoying it, but he on his phone half the time, right? Right. And then he starts talking to Nicola about our holiday during the movie. Oh. In the scene when uh, Snoke is telling Kylo Ren, um, your father, Han Solo. So, like, he reveals it's his father, mm. right? And then later in the film, my dad's like, who's his son that he keeps talking about? I'm like, Ugh. Han Solo. He goes, oh, well, I didn't hear him say because you were talking the whole fucking time. <laughs> ah, frustrating. <laughs> hate it. I uh, If I've told someone, like, hey, this is a really good movie. I think you should watch it. And if they sit down and pull their phone out in the opening credits, I'm like, what are you doing? Didn't Ash do that? All the time. Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> What, what are you doing? Well, the, the movie hasn't started yet. Like, they're setting mood. <laughs> there, there's no... This is a classic masterpiece. There's no wasted seconds. This has become a rant podcast. Has. <laughs> I was going... Well, quickly, one time that a guy ruined the ending of Pirates of the Caribbean 2 for me. Now, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 may not be the greatest film of all time, but their build-up is to the Kraken pretty much the whole way through the film. When the Kraken finally comes out, it's like this big... It's like Jaws the first time he's... Like, it's like you know, a giant octopus thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. But like that first moment where you're like, holy shit, and you get a sense of the scale and Jack Sparrow is in front of its mouth and he's about to go in. One guy in the cinema decided to just out loud give the Kraken a voice and say, hello, Jack. <laughs> it just robbed it of everything because rather... Like, I couldn't even look at the screen anymore because I was just looking at him <laughs> going, what the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> what people in the cinema couldn't figure out that that the kraken was about to attack? <laughs> like, they needed your annotation. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. <laughs> Back need, to Colonel Homer. I need some milk <laughs> just to lay down. If, if it's in, though, we can understand now why Marge was enraged. <laughs> yeah, this is why I was completely behind Marge. Yes, when she just gave the shut up, no one cares it's what, what you, you think. think. Yeah, it was perfect response. Lisa's scared by the movie they're watching. Oh yeah, that's right. The back and forth. I forgot about that. But has a great line of, "If you don't watch the violence now, you won't get desensitized to it." Yeah. <laughs> I love his. Uh, I'll tell you when it's over. Yes. It's over. Ah! Yeah. Then cut back to Marge and Homer. Homer blabs the plot twist. Oh, I remember what happens now. Yeah, I heard what happens. Right. And that's well, it's what- pretty obvious once you think about it. <laughs> it's just proper true. And then Marge, as we said, screams at him. I love the animation on Homer after she screams at him. He's not angry. He's embarrassed. He's hurt. He's embarrassed. Yeah. I do love the, you robbed me of my dignity. I've, ca- I've always carried myself with a certain quiet dignity. <laughs> I love that. And you robbed me of it. Like, what, I mean, the joke being that Homer is the least dignified individual exactly. going yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, fuck, that was funny. Yeah. But also a nice emotional kind of sense to what he was doing. And then drives off with Maggie. Yeah. And has to, dri- oh, <laughs> has to drive back and yeah. give her off again. I love um, on that drive back... The Bart doing like it, it's almost like a Mr. Squiggle for Australian listeners type thing, or like, but when he's talking about the throbbing vein on the back of his head and there's yeah. tension built up here and here, uh, making for un- one down. unhappy pappy. <laughs> what was, the, was it? The blackboard upside down, yeah, upside down. <laughs> this is where I wrote here. It's amazing because I honestly had never, I cannot remember a single moment from that first act or that first scene. I could not remember that scene at all. I uh, think it's a, yeah, no, me either, actually. None of that was really anything that I had committed to memory. And it was just such a cool feeling. I'm like, fuck, it's like I'm watching The Simpsons for the first time. Mm. It was just really, really cool. So then he drives to Flaming Pete's. We get the sign gag, kind of like Flickies, where it just keeps getting closer and yeah, closer. And yeah. when they get there, so it's originally like 70 plus miles away, and then he's and getting 30. tired, and then it's 30, and it perks him up again, and then it's like 12, and he's like, ooh, and then he finally gets there, and it's burnt down. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> then he starts driving past all the smelly places. Yeah. Was, was this to sort of just to signify how far out he's driving? 
Yeah, it's partly to do that and also just to be funny along the way. Like, you've got to kill... If you just had him driving along the road, it'd be kind of dull. It's yeah. a good way to show that he's going a long way and keep it entertaining. I just felt they went a really long time, especially when he was holding his breath. Yeah, but I really liked it. Oh, it was funny. Particularly the open sewerage next 40 miles. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the sound, like... When he's yeah. going past the open sewerage, I was like, that's fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, him changing colour. I didn't think Graining would like that kind of... Yeah, but he only went red. Like, that's natural if you hold your breath. Did he go... I thought he went more of a purple. Well, Reddy purple, but yeah, okay. I mean... You, he was holding his breath. Hold your breath for 45 seconds <laughs> and see what colour you look 40 like. 40 miles, yeah. Uh, so, then he arrives at the beer and brawl. And I do like the, the... I think this is meant to be a parody of uh, Urban Cowboy, the bar uh, from that movie. Yeah, it is. Um, but I, I hadn't well, it's seen... based off of that. Anyway. Um, I don't think I've seen Urban Cowboy. It's Travolta. No, I've never seen Urban it's Cowboy. It's one of my most favourite movies because she loves Travolta. Right. Um, but I was also thinking it's similar to like Porky's or the bar from the Blues Brothers. Just where they, Hicks. Yeah, exactly. Just redneck bar. Let's fight. Them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> They sell FUD beer. Yeah, apparently not Duff beer. And then they get the singer up. He's a professional yodeler. Just gets smashed in the back of the... Yeah. I tried to yodel. It wasn't going to work. So, I've given up on that. (laughs) (laughs) Straight away. My dad and my nan, like my whole dad's side, they listen to yodeling music. They love it. It's just like, oh. Don't get me wrong. If I was in a canyon, I'd give it a real red hot crack. <laughs> or deliverance. Bang, with a banjo. Yeah. Would you do I can picture you doing that. If, um, I would buy a banjo just to learn how to play deliverance. Oh, it'd be perfect. Yeah. And then he calls on uh, Lurleen Lumpkin. Mm-hmm. Gives it the worst setup of all time. Our next act is our very own singing waitress, Lurleen. <laughs> so I'm uh, afraid drink service will stop for just a few moments. <laughs> They're all yours. D'Angelo does a great southern accent with her here as well. Oh, everything about the like, character was just perfect. Yeah. Like, it's just great. This is a song I wrote while I was mopping up your dry blood and tea. Yeah. <laughs> How good is it? <laughs> oh, man. It was great. And what, um, <laughs> as much as, uh, oh, they had a kind of similar technique in the future episode with Mindy, but they have like, when Homer's at his most vulnerable, the universe kind of gives him this really obvious sign to go away from Marge in... Mindy, it's the fortune cookie you'll find happy with happiness with a new love. Well, he, he's, he's attracted to Mindy. That's the difference. The whole episode. True. But here, like when he's down in the dumps and he's just had a fight, the first thing he hears is a song saying, your wife don't understand you, but I do. Like, obviously, you know, I'm not giving anything away that people don't know about, but it, it just hits Homer at a really vulnerable time, which I think is part of what the writers do to not make you hate him for deciding to spend his time with this girl. Yeah. Well, as we said at the start, though, he's not spending time with her for any motive besides wanting to help her career. Yeah, no, but we don't really know that until the end of the episode, until she finally makes a move on him. Like the bit where... Oh, they they do. There's a bit halfway through the episode where he's on the phone and he's all excited about going to see her and he's not paying any attention to how Marge is feeling. At that particular moment, it could comfortably feel like he's looking at, you know, that he's more infatuated with her than just wanting to give her a music career. But I don't think he's realizes like he's not thinking that though i think that the the way marge feels is exactly how she should feel but i don't think he's deliberately they don't want to matt didn't try to write him to be deliberately making her feel that way no she's feeling that way because he's reacting in a way that he doesn't realize is having an effect on marge i get that but i think that part of that feeling you can only as an audience member you only know that after watching the episode in full if you paused it at that exact moment in time and went back to your thoughts you could go either way that maybe he does actually want to have an affair during the episode, I was sort of thinking that he, had I not known he doesn't end up with her, that he could end up with her, but I didn't feel like at any point he wanted to be with her. Righto. 
I do feel that he, he really I think liked there was a point where it seemed like he didn't want to be with Marge. He enjoyed being around Lurley more than Marge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because I, I feel like he was just... It was just one of those things where you take your partners for granted sometimes. You know, you've been together for so long. I don't, because I'm an amazing husband. <laughs> so she sings her song, um, Your Wife Doesn't Understand You, But I Do. Wife don't understand you, but I do. No, your wife don't understand you, but I do. Homer's taken aback. Nobody else cares. You really, you kind of feel sorry for it. And it reminds yeah. you of sort of like, there must be so much wasted talent out there, like just out in the right sticks. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> out there in the sticks where the people who are surrounding them just don't appreciate the talent that they have. Mm. You know, there must be so many singers out there that are really good, but just never get to make it because of this. And then Homer, is it, is it straight after the song he walks up to her? Oh yeah, he walks up yeah. and says, I've got something to say to you. She's, your it's, and your she's, song moved me in a way like nothing else before. Yeah, and yeah. where's the can? Yeah. <laughs> but she, it's like she's expecting criticism when he first says it. Uh, yeah. Okay. He's like, got something to say to you. And she goes, yes, what is it? Yeah, right. Maybe she's just used to people saying shit. Or just used to being hit on. Down, uh, like, yeah. Whatever yeah. it might be. Yep. Yeah. I love the, um, like, you know, she introduces herself. I'm lowly and lumpkin. That's a pretty name, is it? I don't know. I forget it. I forgot it already. <laughs> That uh, I, I'm so bad with names, so that really resonated with me. So it cuts back from commercial, and Homer's pretty much he, he stayed all night. Why would Homer stay all night? Like, what was he doing? Well, he just wanted to be away, and he was having a good time. Time got away from him. And you can understand why Marge was angry when he got home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't call. You just I'd be furious if Nicola went out and didn't come home. Didn't at least tell me hey, I'm just going to watch this country singer for a night. You need him to be out the whole night for Marge to really buy into that immediate anxiety though yeah if you came back at one o'clock it wouldn't have been a big deal it's not very respectful though i, I can understand why reese was you know what's not respectful is yelling at homer in the middle of the cinemas he was being if, if okay. doesn't matter publicly if, humiliated him if ash was doing it, what would you do you wouldn't yell ash wouldn't do it because you you've put the fear of god into it <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> i love like you know when he walks in and marge hits him immediately with that paranoia and accusations where were you and why didn't you call and that Homer's instantly in a good mood and taken the whole country redneck style with like, Marge, let's end this a feuding and a fussing and get down to some loving. Yeah. Like, it, I, it, I really like, love, you know, it's it's nothing spoken like he would never speak ever. It's just instantly taken him. But yeah. you sort of see that it was the perfect tonic for him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's put him in a really good mood because he's singing the song everywhere. It's stuck mm. in his head. He's at night shift at work. He's- also part of what you... Sorry, you, what also part, gives him... Where it could plant a seed that perhaps he does want Lurleen in more than just the managerial way is that he's spent this whole night with someone and then he's, yeah, then he's come back in the mood for sex. I can see that because Marge has a really concerned look on her face. Like, Homer wants to have sex with her. She's like, okay, that's kind of weird. But anyway, so then as we said, Homer's really, really happy. The song's had a real positive effect on him. Uh, he's singing it at work when he's working night shifts. He's screwing up all the lights throughout the city, like on the quickie mart and whatnot. And then we get the surgery. <laughs> the surgery, love hey, it. You weren't supposed to take out his gallbladder. Put, put it back. Put it back. Put it back. It's just the, the you know the panic. <laughs> and then he's temping bowling with uh, Lenny and Carl. About Sing. to bowl a two eighty. Yeah, really good. Great really good game. game. I was going to have that as a trivia question. I thought, nope, Mitch. That's the kind of thing that Mitch is going to note. I you love bowling. I appreciate a man that can bowl a two eighty. <laughs> the dude. What's it? The dude. Uh, the dude from the um, Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is he a good bowler, though? The dude? Market zero! Um, you never actually... See, well, they're making the finals, so you assume so. In yeah, that local league. Against Jesus. Or is it Jesus? Or the is Jesus. It Jesus. 
Uh, no, it's Jesus. Jesus. He refers to himself. Nobody messes with the Jesus. Lenny then copies him because he feels that Homer singing to the <laughs> ball. How great was this? Yeah. this? I've forgotten all about this. And this is like one of the few moments that Lenny genuinely gets to be funny. Yeah. And, and not in a way not that... Not be the butt of the joke. I'm half, like I'm half laughing at him, but it was mostly it was just a really beautiful moment. Mm. Like it was good singing voice. Him, him and one with the ball. There's a harsh all... Or sorry, there's a kind of harsh all over the world tonight. It Do you might... know what that song is? No, I don't. Okay, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> I thought you must have known it because you loved it so much. I meant to. <laughs> I forgot. There, there was a, there's a scene in The Simpsons where I think Homer sings it and he goes, I gave my love a chicken it, it had, had no bone. bone. It reminded me of that for some reason. I think it's just the way he sung it. Mm. Uh, then Homer goes to Moe's and he asks for FUD and this is where Moe realizes that he's gone oh, to another bar. Yeah, and this is where again there's like an allusion to Homer having an affair. affair. Yeah. Like the, oh, Homer. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> so judgmental. He's just disappointed. He's yeah. not angry. He's just like I can't believe you would do that to me. Oh, it's a Carpenter song. Ah, okay. Mm, Carpenter's a good band. So he goes to see Lurleen in Spittle County. Now, there's a kid playing a banjo, like Deliverance. Deliverance kid as, he, as he's driving in. Did you notice on the sign 14 days since last tornado? Uh, I noticed it later when it was only two. Yes, I was say, because later yeah. on it goes to two. Yeah, when he goes back there. Now, he says, <laughs> I love his line here where he says, he's talking to Lurleen about how much he loves the song. Lurleen, I can't get your song out of my mind. I haven't felt this way since Funky Town. Uh, Lurleen, as I've said here, she's just perfectly designed and written. She's just, you know, I, I could not help but just fall in love with the character. They go to record a song onto a compact disc. Mm-hmm. Kind of, there's, there's a couple of scenes in here that really date the episode. You there's, see the Banjo Kid in the line again as well. I was about to say, and the Banjo Kid appears again in the line. That, that, that compact disc dates the episode and then the fact that her being played on the radio makes her famous is another thing that dates the episode. Yeah, and the fact that she's pressed onto vinyl. People are doing that again, man. It's become a thing. We've been to JB lately. There is so much vinyl. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, have you been to anyone's house lately? When was the last time you saw a vinyl player? Uh, my kitchen. I know you have one, but you're a special kind of <laughs> antique collector. <laughs> <laughs> so they get the offer to play the song on the radio, as we said. I love, like, he's offered, like, we could put this on the radio. Like Homer, who's about to, you know, he wants to get her song out there. It's like, do you want this on the radio? Eyes up and down, like, silence. Okay. Yeah, it's, it takes a while to decide, yeah. All the residents are listening. They all like the song. Mo and Krusty, I like Moe's. You work all day for some old man. Sweat and break your back. For the next half hour, beer's on the house. What'd you say, Mo? Nothing. I thought I told you to stay away from my sister. But your queen won't cut your slack. Oh, here's 50 bucks. Take her to the Copa. Lisa is a fan of the song, but doesn't really like country. I loved his quote here. All it does is take away valuable airspace from shock jocks. Yeah, exactly. And at the time of Howard Stern's rise in America in particular. Yeah, yeah. And I also liked Opie and Anthony, who were shock jocks from the States. Mm. Big fans of theirs. But not a show anymore because Opie went off, not Opie, uh, Anthony went off the rails. But uh, anyone listening from America would know who Opie and Anthony are. I'm pretty sure. They're great. Uh, Marge is very weary, though. And which, as, which you would be in that situation. I don't like you spending all this time with this uh, country singer. Marge, you make it sound so seamy. Yeah. My favorite line from Homer for the whole episode. Really? Uh, I did love, he followed that up with, oh, or she says, well, what were you doing? I would just, I was just at a place watching her trying outfits. Yeah. That, I, was, I spent the afternoon in a trailer watching. Yeah. Um, but no, I just love seamy as a line. Like it, that word, he's made up a word. I was going to say, does seamy mean anything? No, it was, but it was just a perfect word. But you, it fits, doesn't it? You, yeah. Seamy does sound seedy. 
Mm. I guess. Like, you could put it into that sort of context. Uh, Lurleen then calls home and asks him to come see Lurleen, her. Lurleen, we were just talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> Marge is really angry by this. I think I can come over. Let me ask my wife. Yep. It's a date. <laughs> Homer goes to see her again. As we said, the sign now says, two days without a tornado. Lurleen, she's just completely spitting over Homer. Mm. No man's been this nice to me without wanting something in return. Homer's great response here. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you for a glass of water, but now I feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just showing how innocent Homer is. I, I honestly believe that Matt did not want him to think and that he wanted her at all. He's just. I, at what point do you feel like he is showing love interest towards Lurleen? Friendship interest? It's not about love interest, but it's about infatuation. And it's, yeah, it could okay, easily yep. lead down that path. It's one of those yep. dangerous scenarios where you're married and then you start getting close to someone else. And then one night, whoops, you get a little bit drunk and then you yep. slipped a finger in. Yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. <laughs> she asked him to be her manager. He's a bit hesitant, sort of lists all of his faults. And she just says, "Don't worry about it. All you need to do is just one. All you need to do is just have one thing." And they go and get the manager outfit. Now it's very similar to yes. the Colonel's uh, outfit that yeah. Alvis's manager used to wear, apparently. Yeah. And sweat actually cleans this suit, designed specifically for Elvis. <laughs> Homer arrives home late. Marge is very upset. Mm. Now this is what I got here in capitals. Great scene. So real. Yeah. Just the delivery is fantastic from Julie. Yeah. Where she says, are you having an affair? I think it was just that line that just really hit me. I don't yeah. know what it was about it, but... Um, was, are you having an affair? No. Did you did you kiss her? No. Did she kiss you? A couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Homer, I thought Homer was funny in this where Marge was just real. Like she was just yeah. a real wife concerned that her husband was cheating on her. Mm. And you can you can really see Marge's pain as well as, as well as Homer's inability to see the issue. As you've said, he is leading himself down a path that could end badly. Yeah. But he doesn't see it yet. And he doesn't understand why Marge is angry. He's no. like, I'm succeeding at something. I'm doing well for somebody. Why don't you why aren't you happy for yeah, me? Yeah, he's he's taking the angle of you're trying to stop me from doing something that I want to do. A childhood I'm dream. Going, I'm not going to allow you <laughs> my childhood dream Another to manage one. a country music singer. A beautiful country music singer, yeah. Yeah. Your boyhood dream was to eat the biggest hoagie. And you did it at the county fair last year. Yeah. I didn't realise how many times I've used that gag. Like it was my lifelong dream to do this, my lifelong dream to do that. Then Homer storms out and Marge is left worried that I did like too, when he walks in. She's got her head out under the blankets. She yeah. goes, I don't want to look at you because I'm angry. Yeah. Great. Well, like, yeah. Such good writing. Yeah, it was. And then when he leaves, she puts her head back under the blanket again. It's just, oh, everything about that scene was just amazing, man. I absolutely loved it. She's just left to worry that her marriage is over. And it was a good go, a good break to commercial. Come back and they've gone to the recording studio. And did you want to say the Buddy Holly line that you love so much? Uh, yeah. just Buddy Holly actually stood here in whatever year it was and said, there is no way. I'm recording in this dump. <laughs> in this dump. <laughs> I did think the animation of the recording studio was fantastic. Mm. Like the soundproof stuff falling off the walls and little cracks in the roof. And even when like, they got the, the pane of glass in between the, re- the mixing room and the recording room, I read here that they deliberately had the background in the mixing room dark so that Homer's white outfit stood out. Ah, okay. Cool. Yeah, just little things like that. Really, really well done. Homer spends the entire family's life savings on getting the recording done. Calm down. I'm not going in a hawk for this. Yeah, which is another reason why Marge would be angry because, mm. I mean, he's doing a lot for this woman. Um, I love her opening line, by the way. So subtle. When he introduces her. Hey, you said she was overweight. Marge, it takes two to lie, one to lie, and one to listen. What does that mean? I don't have time to answer all these questions. Uh, time is money. Come on, people. But before then, he actually introduces Lurleen, and she just does the subtle, as we mentioned earlier, mm. charm. Well, that's kind of off the back of the attitude that Marge gives as well. It's sort of planting the seeds that Lurleen... Because up to that point, I didn't think Lurleen was making 
full moves towards Homer. She liked him. She was she was infatuated with him, but not in love with him. Mm. I think you can start to sort of the way she said charmed, the way she delivered that line, you can sort of see that's leading down that path. So then Lurleen records Bag Me a Homer. We get one of the great a great classic recording studio shots, by the way, of yeah. the guy as they start singing the guy moving the slider up. Yeah. You can't have a shot in a recording studio without someone <laughs> right. mixing, playing around with the sliders. And the greatest one of all is in the Ben Folds film clip for Rock in the Suburbs. Because whenever, it. like, whenever it's this thing, they're grooving away and people will move the sliders yeah. up and down. So in Rock in the Suburbs, there's the bit where they're in the recording studio. It cuts to outside the recording studio and it's mixed really, really badly. Like the, I do it's remember off this. key. Yeah. Weird Al Yankovic yeah. is the producer. Yeah. Slides a knob that down the bottom says sucks. Turns yeah. it up to the top where it says rocks, and then the sound cuts yeah, in. Bam, and it sounds bam, perfect. Bam. Yeah. And it's just this shot of like slides up to rocks and then nods. <laughs> it just gives <laughs> the. Mm, Let's that's do it. this. <laughs> I didn't think that Lisa playing sax was a nice touch. I don't remember her playing yeah, on the track. Yeah, that was cool that she got in there as a session musician. And then Bart slapping his knees like the hell yeah. really, right? And then Bart the entire time was just being a pain in the ass. And then obviously they have to stop the recording because mm. they hear a, a grinding sound that's coming over the top of the track, which is Marge's teeth. Mm. I, I really like the lyrics to Bag Me a Homer, by the way. I liked the like, I liked lyrics it's a good to all song in general. It but is, like, yeah. As um, you know, someone that over the last couple of years I've got more into baseball, it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's it's really really well written. The I, fact do, she, I like a good wordplay. Why didn't she not write more songs? <laughs> but just release an album after oh, this as Lurleen Lumpkin. She wrote these two in an hour, man. Mm. I, I would buy this CD. <laughs> <laughs> I think they appear on the Simpsons Go Simpsonic CD from like ninety seven uh, or something. Uh, songs in the Cave of Springfield. Ah, oh, Songs in the Cave of Springfield. Okay, yeah, yeah. I got both of them. But yeah, they're great tracks. So Lurleen's then becoming a big success. Well, she's on park benches. So yeah, she's <laughs> some sort of success. You off the bench. <laughs> How good was that? Uh, kids are all helping wrap the records up. Are they, are they sealing, is the records they're sealing up or yeah, something? Yeah, and Maggie's the kissing them and whatnot. Yep. yep. Uh, then Homer goes to tell her about her TV gig. Now, this was well designed again. Did you notice the portrait of Homer on her wall in her caravan? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, just in the background, the portrait of Homer. It's like That's cool. More and more things are being added where you can tell, wow, she's actually in love with him now. She's yeah. wearing very suggestive clothing, got the portrait of Homer on the wall. Yeah. And then she writes the, plays him the new song, Bunk With Me Tonight. Yeah. And then I loved his response. And like the thing is about him, uh, I know you're married or something like that. Like the references that this is about yeah. an affair. And then just Homer's like, Oh, that's hot. There isn't a man alive who wouldn't get turned on by that. Well, goodbye. I feel awkward when I watch Homer genuinely satisfied, like sexually. Like, you know when he was watching, when Lisa was dancing around the TV and he's like, oh, yeah. And then you can see the chicks in these drool. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just a bit creepy seeing him, like, actually. It's because you kind oh, of. Oh, that turned me off. Just seeing any father figure in that way. Can yeah. Be upsetting. Yeah. Before that line, though, we skipped over a really great one where she says, you're as smart as you are handsome. And he takes offense to it at first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you meant that as a compliment. <laughs> I thought that was a great line, too. As a, and there's another thing as well. When she's talking to him, she moves in closer and he moves away. Yeah. And it, it's not acknowledged. It's just put there to show that Homer doesn't want to be close to her. Yeah. Then Lily reveals her ulterior motive saying that, you know, she wants to bunk with him. She's, uh, I've got here, she's an evil woman for wanting to do that. But you've sort of shut it down in the sense. That's just what I thought at the time, but you've explained it. Her motives aren't about being a homewrecker. She can't control herself because she loves him, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's, she is genuinely in love with him because she's just never been treated right before, ever. And so, she, she doesn't give a shit that it's going to ruin a marriage. She wants She's never had something herself. She's never had a man that treats her like this, so she wants it regardless of the consequences. Yeah. she's In, in her heart of hearts, she's going to make him happy. I and did like the, the, the choice of words, too, that Matt 
when Homer leaves, he doesn't say, I've got to go. He says, I need to leave to think about it. Mm. Which is now planting the seeds that he is contemplating staying with Lolene. You know? So then uh, Marge explains her fears. She's on the phone to her sister. All our money's tied up in this woman. If she fails, we're broke. If she succeeds, I have no husband. I don't know what to root for. You don't? Really good writing from Marge. She just how how just upset she is about the whole situation. Mm. Homer then comes home and he's just not paying any attention to Marge. goes upset. I've got to go upstairs to get ready for uh, Lurleen's TV performance. Mm. Marge is just a woman hurt. She's yeah. saying, like, you've missed your daughter's teeth. Something happened with her teeth. Maggie's first tooth cut through. Cut through, yeah. And Homer's just not listening at mm. all. She's in- You're not even listening to me. Sure they will. Yeah, and it's just... The, the music here was just really, really well written. It's just fantastic. And then she just brings in the kids. Homer, don't forget... You've got a great family here. Don't play it. Don't forget it when you walk out that door. Mm. Oh, man. Everything about that scene was just amazing. And then I did like, though, Bart's line at the end, just to sort of bring a bit of comedic effect. As much as I hate that man right now, you got to love that suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. Lurleen then performs the track on the TV. Uh, we, we could talk about all the different artists on the country show, but yeah. I don't really care. But anyway. Just a bunch of hillbillies. Apparently, it's a parody of some country show that used to be on TV back in the day. So, she performs the track on TV. The record label guy offers Homer the contract. Homer says, no, he's not taking the, he's not selling her contract. Mm-hmm. Lurleen then like races into a dressing room. Homer's like, they loved you. And she kisses Homer. And then she's pretty much making the moves on him, saying, make my night complete by mm. you know, going away with me. And then we get the, my romantic life is flashing before my eyes. How great was the use of margin this? Oh, so great. Because it's oh. just, what do they have? Two or three women it takes slap me, him. It takes me by surprise because you're not expecting it, are yeah, you? Yeah, no. But two or three women just repulsed by him. Even yeah. a girl in a kissing booth yeah. is not going to kiss him. And then it cuts to Marge with, I'm going to love you forever. Yeah. And just wrapping her arms around him and, and just embracing like, who he is. Oh, man. It just gets you right in the heart. Yeah. It's like, shit. Like, it's just beautiful. You're, ex- you're expecting it to be a comedic montage of everyone shutting him down. And then when that happens, you're like, oh, man. Jesus, that's just yeah, just great writing. So then Homer just turns it down, chooses his family over Lurleen. <laughs> cuts to come back. You would have gone all the way with me, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is fine because he's a he's a man. It's a funny sitcom, Jim. yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's not going to happen in real life. So then he sells the contract fifty bucks to the record label guy. <laughs> I'm willing to sell, but before we negotiate, you, I want you to know that I'm desperate to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Fifty bucks, you son of a. Okay, yeah. Marge is then watching it on TV, and she's naked in bed. Just watching it on TV. Oh, that's right. She was naked in yeah. this. Whenever Mike Reese is involved, she gets nude. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just really upset. She's just feeling down. Then Homer walks in and he's just come back home. And it's just when that moment when they've realized, or she's realized that he's chosen her over Lurleen. Yeah. And Lurleen sings that song. This moment is just pure love. I felt warm and fuzzy watching it this man. It was such a great ending. Like, as soon as she starts singing about Homer. Like, you know, I just wrote this song about, um, what was it? Uh, Stand By Your Manager. Yeah. Um, that I love the way that, like, Homer's getting undressed as they start singing about him and that the shots of the eyes between Marge Homer and, and Marge yep. and there's just, like, this fucking pure adoration coming from that that shows beyond what, like, the physical lust that Homer might have been feeling about Lurleen. Like, this is a pure love that Homer is so far away from being the perfect-looking man, but he's a god to Marge. Like, holy shit, it's such a great moment. Yeah, I literally right here, I feel warm and fuzzy right now. I've never felt that way watching The Simpsons and I probably never will feel that Glad again. you do. You can get off my knee though. <laughs> so, final thoughts. I'll just An amazing episode that I just can't believe I didn't appreciate as much as I did when I was younger. Probably, I think you have to be, you don't have to be, but I think if you've been in a relationship for a long term, 
you appreciate it more. Yeah, definitely. Because you can, you can really sort of see yourself in that situation and sort of think, what would I do there? Hopefully, you would choose the right option. But yeah, just really well written. I wish Matt had written more episodes after knowing this was the only one he ever wrote because it's just fantastic. Yeah. If you are like me and haven't gone back and watched it recently, please do so because it's just amazing. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned 25 cents will get you a new CD. It will in 1992. I learned that Bart has an unexpected appreciation for a good suit. That's, that's true. <laughs> Except no, for Bart the Murderer. Yeah, I was going to say. We've Those seen. fingers through You're my walking head. Along the <laughs> he looked amazing in that suit too. <laughs> so a bit of trivia about the episode. I've got two questions. I had three, but I ruined one of my own ones myself. Oh, okay. I had the tornado. Uh, yeah, right. Um, my, I've got two no, questions. Ma- oh, yeah, I've only got one left. Oh, I have That hasn't been re- wrecked. What did the sign say behind the bar the next morning after Lillian had, Ooh, had met? No idea. It said no biting. Okay. Yes. Uh, name the cinema that they went to. The Googleplex. Springfield Googleplex Theatre. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I said that in the first. I wrote Googleplex. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Good for you. That was a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. And my final shut question me is, down. I'm not sure. Google-plex. You'll be able to. You'll be able to shut me down with this because I'm not sure this question makes sense. But where is the studio? Or what does the studio say on the front? I didn't look. To oh, be honest. It said Hicksville, USA. So oh, I'm assuming okay. they must have recorded it in Hicksville, or the studio was re- was called Hicksville. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's my trivia for this week. Before we get into the mailbag, we just need to do a very big thank you to one of our listeners, and she's also this week's donor. Her name is Renee Hewitt. Now, why do we need to thank her, Mitch? Well, we've mentioned it before, but yeah. she gave us a fantastic painting um, uh, referencing our show, Four Finger Discount, with the quote, actually much better than I thought it was going to be. Well, she painted this for us. Hand-painted and then yeah. sent it down just as a little gift. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And it's the first gift we've received. Hadn't you know? painted for a while, but we'd inspired her to start again. Yes. Like, which, it, yeah, yeah which, you know, I feel great about. It was really, really cool. So, it's fantastic work. Um, she sent us through a photo of something else that she'd painted in the past Home as well. with the trampoline, the trampoline. Hmm. So, keep up the work with the brushes, Renee. Uh, it's you're ex- really good at excellent what you work. Do. Yes, thank you, Renee. So, if you'd like to chuck a couple of dollars our way like Renee did this week, you can do so by going to fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate or you can purchase our premium podcast. If you just don't want to donate money, you want to get something back in return, we reviewed Bart versus Australia and you only moved twice. There are a dollar we do each. You can go to fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash premium dash podcast and purchase them there there will be more to come in the yes. coming months we'll do some other premium episodes as we go along they could be different high quality episodes that we're really looking forward to they might be movies there could be a number of different things that we'll be doing if you'd like to recommend an episode for us to do for a premium podcast you can send us an uh, you can send us an email to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au and also with the premium podcast you don't have to pay a dollar if you, if you don't want to pay anything you can get them for free if you just wait two or three years once we catch up to them in exactly. chronological order. So, we're not holding content out no. for, um, from people. You know, I was just thinking... It's it just be, an, it's an advanced screening. It'd be a funny thing to do with like, just a premium recording that's me reading the paper. <laughs> Wouldn't work. Just want to know how many people would buy that. <laughs> the entire thing. Just every now and then, you just hear this little... As the page turns. And then you might get the little... <laughs> Very community radio. Yeah. <laughs> In today's news, <laughs> I just want to, before we get into the mailbag as well, just thank everyone that has already purchased the premium podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for the support. It's just amazing. So, uh, as we said, fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash premium dash podcast, but versus Australia, and you only move twice. Now it's time for... Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! 
The mail is here. Uh, so to kick off, we've got Robert Kelly, Dando. A few weeks ago, you wanted to know who, which NBA team you should be getting mm. into. It's every now and then, we're still getting some uh, answers coming through for okay. that. I've been told Spurs by a couple of guys at work. Well, yeah, Kelly has gone the Spurs as okay. well. So over the past five years, the Spurs have maintained an average victory percentage of uh, 74.18%, one of, if not the highest in the league. That basically, it mean, oh, they've made 17 consecutive playoff appearances. So basically, you'll be following a team that you're always going to be able to, or more often than not, you'll be following during the championships like as well. Geelong, Hawthorne, Sydney. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. They're yeah. always going to be around at the business end. They've also got Paddy Mills coming off the bench from Canberra, Australia. He's already won championship uh already has one championship ring. And if all of that isn't enough, the head coach, Greg Popovich, gives the greatest interviews and puts up with absolutely zero shit from reporters. He sent a little YouTube link there for you to be able to check out. I think you've mentioned him to me before. Popovich that- is pretty damn good. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Spurs seems to be one of the I'm not leading- going to San Antonio, but I don't think basketball is going to be on when I'm there anyway. No, so, it's not. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter who I pick. <laughs> Tom Hawes written in with a question. He wants to know, what is your favorite catchphrase in The Simpsons? The one that I use the most is "Thank you, come again." Okay, yep. I think that's just the, the every, every other catchphrase. Oh, I do use "excellent" a lot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of excellent. Excellent or "Thank life. you, come again" would be my two most used quotes or mm-hmm. catchphrases. Not quotes, catchphrases. It's got to be it's got to be a phrase that the character uses a lot. Yeah, like what they're actually known for. Yeah, uh, I'm a big one on Mo with uh, gah, choking on my own rage here. That's a quote, though. I'd say. I think it's close to a catchphrase for Mo. I think you remember him saying it once. He's only said it once, but I think he's very well known for it. Oh, okay, yeah. So in Simpsons Doom, whenever you killed the character of Mo, that's what that's he would what, say. Yeah, so I think I guess in my own memory, said on um, Hit and Run at one point as well. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a very most commonly used quote. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Well, what episode is that from? Is that from when Marge is the police officer? Oh. Homer's playing. Oh, yeah, it's when Homer's playing poker and he's really bad at it. Yeah, that's and right. he's pissed him off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Glad that we got that sorted. <laughs> You're like so satisfied. You're like, oh, thank God I can sleep tonight now. <laughs> now, James Reed has also written in with a question that is very appropriate for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. He wants to know if we have ever felt attracted towards a cartoon character. I do now. I, I don't know them. if this is to justify something going on in his own life or... No, I do know that. He actually said he's never felt an attraction towards a cartoon character and I don't want to cast dispersions <laughs> on him. Uh but His yeah. wife's like, you have an affair. Have you we, having an affair? Have we ever felt an attraction towards a cartoon character? So, I had a massive crush on Jessica Rabbit when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, I was going to say Jessica Rabbit's the really obvious one. Yeah, she was. I loved the, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, one of my favourites as a kid. Yeah. Besides uh, a couple of scenes that freaked me out. But yeah, Jessica Rabbit, I was just like, whoa, perfection. You <laughs> can... Um, Before you I even knew what that meant. You could call me a pervert for this answer. Yeah. Lola Bunny from Space Jam. Oh no, man, that's not that's that's fine. Yeah, she was great. I, I don't. I just always viewed the, she's a tomboy. Like I always just looked at the ears as like ponytails or hair or something. Yeah. But she was kind of animated in a very, um, uh, what's that word? Anthropomorphic something. Like when a- anamorphic. Animo- when animals are drawn with human character traits. Uh, wasn't there a TV show called like Animorphs or something? Yeah, where they um, it was Humans a bo- become a book series yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and a really bad computer game. <laughs> You look so angry. I, <laughs> you're like, fucking game fucking bothers me. Took years, took hours of my life away I from me. I it. I used to have a crush as well in regards to Simpsons characters, Laura Powers. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it was about her, but I had a big crush on her. Loose-fitting t-shirts. Because uh, I used to have... She was attractive, but she dressed herself down. Yeah. Something see, casual about it. I um, 
when I was younger, we used to have a next door neighbor who was like five years older than me. Ah, she was a girl. So you thought you could have got a little bit of it's like, Laura Powers. She was action. like my real life Laura Powers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyway. So, so it wasn't so much you were attracted to Laura Powers, you were attracted to your neighbor. I live vicariously through Laura Powers. <laughs> um, the final question that That's why Mum never bought me the Laura Powers toy. <laughs> I'm sure when you mentioned that it was inflatable, that also probably <laughs> put her off buying it for you. Um, the final question that we've got this week comes from Emily, no last name provided, which was uh, during you know just day to day watching. She's she's watching the Simpsons. I do, I do know a last name. Her. Remember to say it. I no, remember it. No, it wasn't a real last name. <laughs> fake last. I'm not reading out fake last names. <laughs> drawing BB, the, drawing BB. the line. Um, so she's watching a couple episodes a week and she's worried that she's going, well, not worried, she will overtake our reviews at one point. She wants to know how many episodes per week of The Simpsons do you sit down and watch? It's funny with me now. I'll watch ones that are like from, say, season six onwards if they're on like Super Simpsons Saturday or something. Yeah, on Foxtel. Yep. But anything that's like close to where we're reviewing, I avoid them now. Yeah, Because okay. I don't want to ruin it when I'm watching it for the review. Yeah, I'm much the same. And it, it annoys me because I'm just like, I want to watch it, but I don't. You know, it's kind of... But it's good though because it, 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 it's good in the sense that I can review it sort of more of a fresh mind or like a, not a fresh mind, a, what's the word? Open mind? Open mind, yeah, because I haven't watched it recently. But it's still sort of, if I put The Simpsons on and it's like Cape Fear, I'm like, oh, I can't watch Cape Fear, but I really want to watch Cape Fear. <laughs> yeah. I personally almost don't watch it at all. Like even Super Simpsons Saturday, I've... I wake up every out. Saturday and put Super Sim- Every single Saturday. And put I wake it on. Up, yeah, every... While well, I'm making my breakfast. I I just... F- uh, I've been doing other things on weekends, but more often than... More to the point, I feel like I can really throw myself wholeheartedly into absorbing everything about this episode, and it's easier to do that if I don't take any else in through the week. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense? No, it makes sense. Mm. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. If it's on, I'll watch it. I won't turn it off, but I, I don't go out of my way to watch it. Anything outside of what we're reviewing for oh, the week. If it's on, I'll watch it. I don't yeah, I don't put the DVDs on or anything like that. I'm not gonna dive across the room <laughs> yeah. if uh I don't know. Who shot Mr. Ben's part two's on? I was gonna say, well yeah, that or um brother could you spare two dimes comes yeah. on. I'm not just diving like no <laughs> But you know, I I won't go out of my way to watch it. I think the reason I like watching the Super Simpsons Saturdays is just it's one of those moments of the week where I just feel at home. Mm. It's just, yeah, I've, been, I've been doing it for the last 20 years. You yeah. know, you wake up, eat my breakfast and watch Super Simpsons. It's just one of those things that has just always happened. You mm. know, if I have the chance to, I'll do it. I, the other thing for me is, is I think I appreciate the episodes that I, that we review more by cutting myself back to only one episode a week. Uh, yeah. Like it's, you know, when you binge watch something, you don't absorb it as much. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember you, the whole season three. Yeah, like, but, but when you just sit down and watch an episode and that's all you get for that week, then you take all of it in. You think about it, you process it. Yeah, yeah. it's like... I think we've mentioned this before. It's like a really yeah. nice meal versus a buffet. Mm. Like a buffet, I'm just going to walk out and all I know is I'm full and I've had a lot of food. Whereas, oh, yeah, I had a plate of fried rice too, yeah, didn't I? Whereas a really nice meal, I remember every detail about what the flavour was. Yeah, yeah. That's why I've never been big on orgies. <laughs> It's just really never tried. I uh, knock them back left and right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our mailbag for this week. If you want to chuck us a question, you can go to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com. Is that right? Yeah, mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I'm going to leave this in. I completely confused myself. I'm like, About time you've left one of your own mistakes in. I do it all the time. <laughs> mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Now we've got something to announce to the listeners. Some bad news. Yeah, well, sad. Sad news. Sad news. We're saying goodbye to you for a week. Well, maybe. Because I... You know what? 
We won't. Well, be. we certainly won't be doing a normal review. No, next no, no, week. no, no. So this, um, tell them why. I'm off to New Zealand. If there's yep. any listeners that are in the uh, Queenstown area that want to hit the slopes with me or maybe buy me a beer, please send a message through the Facebook page, mm-hmm. and I will be sure to catch up with you and take advantage of your hospitality. Now, as Mitch said, we won't be doing a review of Black Widower next week. That'll yeah. be the week after. But as it is, we've already like we we we've. We didn't want to have this happen, but we've already done a number this week and we there's only so many hours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Black Widower is next. We've watched that. We've got notes and we're ready to go. And holy shit, is it a great episode starring Sideshow Bob in his it's the first, first real one. Yeah. His first revenge plot. Yeah. yeah. It was one where, like, from title alone, I couldn't remember it. I was like, Black Widower, what is that? And then two seconds in, I went, oh, shit, it's this. So, yeah. um, I was actually worried that, you know, people would see Black Widower and not download it because they're like, I don't remember what that is. Make sure you listen to Black Widower because it's, a, a, it's such a great episode and you don't see it on TV anymore. I honestly can't remember too much about it besides the fact that he tries to kill Summer at the end. Right, yeah, right. There's so much that's great. You get to see Krusty be hilarious, genuinely hilarious, three times throughout Black Widow. Yeah? Like, when he's announcing the Emmy, and Sideshow uh, Bob yeah. wins it, and, like, Sideshow Bob wins the Emmy from prison, and then um, he says something at Krusty. I can't remember what his line is, and Krusty's just, just make sure you don't drop that Emmy in the shower, Bob. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's kind of baseline humour, but it's genuinely a, a funny little barb. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then, definitely. Um, it's a, it's the a real, com- it's a real comedian joke. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, guy comes in and takes out a 12-inch penis. Oh, oh no, I can't tell that one. <laughs> like, um, and there's one third one. Um, and I love the way that that's done at the wedding as well. It's just like, yeah. it's just what a drunk uncle would say. Yeah, at, yeah. At the wedding. Yeah. There was something else you were going to say too. Uh, there was one third crusty line. I don't remember it off the top of my head. We'll it, save that one for yeah. the review, shall we? Well, well let's. <laughs> but what there will be next week is a clip show. Yeah, because every week we cut out, well, I cut out several things from the episodes. They might not, they might kill the flow of the show. They might be a bit too offensive to some people. So <laughs> just if you, once. If you get offended, if you get offense, if you get, if you get offended quite easily, you might not want to download the clip show. I think if you get offended quite easily, you haven't stuck around this long. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe yeah. in the clip show, I'll be away, but you'll need to record like a little introduction. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, for each of the clips or particularly for the Azrock story. <laughs> Do I have to put that one in? It's so funny. I think I left that one in, didn't I? No, you didn't. You took it out. I was very upset. Oh, you were upset. Yeah. Because it's not a racist joke. <laughs> There's a little sell for listeners. It's No, you know what it was? Because I laughed at the joke at the time and then realized I shouldn't have laughed at that joke. Sure, That's you should have. No. Yes, you should have because the joke is in the juxtaposition between... We'll get, to, like, you know, listeners and now you have to put it in next week. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. The joke... And I'm 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 apologizing for it in the beginning, but I make a joke that some people may construe as being insensitive. But the joke is in the fact that it's insensitive. It's in me comparing what you went to to the plight of what they went through. So, Clearly, there's so, no so difference. Kind of like Ken Brockman, Sorry. how his first world problems when really these guys had a worse. Exactly problem. right. They had it much worse. But I compare you being slightly lost for a couple minutes to what to what happened. So people are like, hmm. Airs rock People going missing Look, I wonder what this is going to be about There's this amazing thing in comedy Where sometimes you can say things That you don't genuinely believe and mean So I would like to think That our listeners are sophisticated enough to know that And the other stuff that we will be throwing in Is just For example we Something from the episode of The Simpsons Might remind us of something that's happened in our real life mm. And we tell this 5-10 minute story And then we realise at the end of it well, that took a bit too long, so we'll cut it out, but I'm going to be throwing it all into the clip show next week. I've got a whole week to get it done, so I'll finally get it done. It's 
going all the way back to episode one. So clips from the entire first 60 episodes of Four Finger Discount. I'm looking so forward to it because these are the things that I genuinely forget that I ever said. That'll be the mid-year special because Mitch is going around a holiday. So look forward to that one. But after that, we'll obviously come back and do a review of Black Widow. But we hope you enjoyed our review of Colonel Homer. Please check out our premium podcast if you are willing to fork out the dollar we do. Thanks to everyone who already has. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. Anything else you'd like to say, Mitch, before you leave the listeners for a couple of weeks? No, just, uh, as I said, if you are in New Zealand, sing out. It'll be choice. <laughs> That's all I know about New Zealand. Choice and jandals. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>